Welcome to Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and today we are dropping a special bonus episode because it is the end of Game of Thrones. So now that we've gotten to the end, we've pulled together our little all-star panel of uh, experts we have around the office. Uh, Matt Aguilar didn't really ever watch the show, so he's taking a little co-hosting no. break from this one. He we sent was, him to the wall. He was watching Money in the Bank, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was watching oh, WWE, man. so he'll have a full report on that. But for this bonus episode, we've brought our own Chris Killian. What's up, guys? And for the first time on the podcast, because, uh, yeah, you're a pretty serious Game of Thrones guy. You've been filming all yeah, our videos. I've been doing all the recaps Yeah, you've been on. You've been like one of the unsullied in front of the wall, like trying to fight <laughs> off the hordes this whole season eight. And, of course, our Game of Thrones, also Star Trek expert, Jamie Lovett's back. What's up? Because we are going to take some time and uh, break this whole thing down. Also, over here in the cut is uh, producer Jim Viscardi. He's on his mic representing for the people who just uh, jumped on the Season 8 bandwagon right. for uh, Game of Thrones viewers. Finally gave we it like the to, peer We like pressure. to have all perspectives, you know? We like to have all perspectives. So, like I said, we're just going to be talking about the uh, finale of Game of Thrones. We're going to do a whole little kind of framing of Season 8 and probably what it means for the show. This is going to be full spoilers, so if you haven't seen the episode, I don't know why you click <laughs> on this, but uh, this is your obligatory warning. Spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about this. All right, so Game of Thrones finale. Uh, it is, as the Reddit leaks have said, it would be. I mean... <laughs> Um, yeah. I avoided those, I'm happy to say. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I, I did too. I didn't, I After didn't watch After last them. week, I just broke down. I was like, I, I wanted, I just read them. And I'll preface this by saying, and I think it's important probably to note, like I hate finales to shows, and I mm. most often don't watch them. Like I just watched the Office finale for the first time this year. I've never seen the Parks and Rec finale. I've got some news for you about uh, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> yeah, no, I watched that, but because I was just lost. Like, I stopped watching them after about Battlestar and after Lost because I was just tired of the disappointment. And, like, I hate endings. I guess it's something psychological, so I just don't watch them. I think Breaking Bad's, like, the only one. My mom does that, too. She's like, if I don't watch the finale, it's ne it never really yeah, ends. Yeah, it never really so. ends. The characters are still alive in your head and, like, all that stuff. So, and, and I always think that, like, finales can be, like, I think they well, lose steam. Finales I think are really hard, yeah. There's always the exciting one. And then the finale is always like clean up, and if it's a serious finale, then just like let's tie off everything with a bow. And this was pretty much that. Mm -hmm. Like literally, we went from huge battle to like let's talk politics, and that's like essentially what this finale episode was. Um, of course, there was a big betrayal in the middle of it because this is Game of Thrones, and Danny was killed by John. And but then there was a whole bunch of talking and people yeah. who decided who the next king should be and how Westeros should be reformed. You know, a few and, episodes yeah. ago, um, uh, one of the big things was that Bran and Tyrion had a conversation, and it yeah. cut before you saw what they actually talked about. And now, knowing what we know, you'll never be able to convince me that those guys weren't plotting to take over the Iron Throne yeah, right the there. Yeah, the whole, like, Bran is e was really evil camp is really surging today right just like that this dude just quietly kind of steered him well the, the, he's he had no interest but then all of no a sudden he was like more but this is why we're here this is why i've come yeah. but isn't that more of a potential just cursed with knowledge type thing like even but if he wasn't he, necessarily cursed with the 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 ability to know the future right so i don't know his uh his green seer stuff is very vague. Yeah. All yeah. that three eyed raven stuff. But it's important to note he didn't have that stuff until like three quarters of the way through the season. So it's not like he climbed up the wall to that window, 
to purposely be pushed off so no. that he could eventually be king. So, like, yeah. <laughs> no, he, I mean, he just kind of saw it in his... I mean, that's also what arguably makes him a great ruler mm-hmm. is that he can see the past, the future, and, like, has this literal, literal just huge vision of what mm-hmm. the, you know, Westeros could be. So, who knows? But, yeah, how he got there is... Uh, I don't know. I feel like him and the Avengers bumped into each other in the quantum realm. <laughs> yeah. We're just like, you gonna be here? You playing God? I'm playing God. Ah! I also thought <laughs> it was really interesting though how Tyrion. You know, he's kind of been. He's had this like track record of making bad decisions lately, and then he throws out, "Oh well, what, how about Bran as king?" And everybody's like, eh, "Yeah, that's that's a good idea." Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> like let's just go through like how we feel about the episode as a whole because I'll say like. As somebody who doesn't watch finales, I mean, it was kind of boring and mundane. I mean, I had read it, and I knew kind of what the surprises would be. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Bran would end up on the throne necessarily, but I knew that somebody was going to probably take out Daenerys. I knew she wasn't going to live. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it would probably have to be Jon because that would be the only. It had to be Jon. Yeah. Because yeah. they had to find something for Jon to yeah, do. Yeah, it's the only one that doesn't need another episode. If Arya jumped out of the shadows and beheaded Daenerys, like... We need another episode to clean that up. Yeah, like, yeah we got to unpack that. So I knew that kind of that stuff, but I was perfectly just like okay with it. I was mm-hmm. like, you know, this this story sucks for Daenerys, and I can understand a thousand people who were like really behind this strong female character mm-hmm. and all the symbol of what she had become, which isn't necessarily what the story made her. There's a lot of projection, I think, with Game of Thrones happening, mm-hmm, right. but like I thought that sucked for her. But like, you know, for the rest of it, I, I was just like, eh. Yeah. Okay, it's an ending. Like it's what you I mean people fall into new roles but are kind of familiar and then things yeah. kind of move forward. Nothing really gets right. too it's much those... better because the scene where they're all still arguing at the end and Bran Braun is still the asshole kind of like <laughs> messing up things when they should just be making easy policy and stuff. But like yeah, I mean it was just kind of the most Almost like vanilla ending with like a kind of cheap dramatic twist that you right. really yeah. have. At this point, it all like it all made sense where it ended up, especially considering you know where the last episode left off and everything. But none of it had much impact at this point. It was yeah. all you know. Once Daenerys is gone, everything else is natural. And there's some like interesting ideas in there, like the idea of John going back to the Night's Watch, especially since that's. You know, Eddard Stark was supposed to go to the Night's Watch at the beginning of the episode, and then he got beheaded, or beginning of the season, rather, series, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, You know, there's some interesting, like, mirrors there, and there seems to be a big theme of, like, everything's cyclical, we're essentially back where we started, and these stories are going to be told again, and all this stuff. Uh, And that's all kind of interesting, but it, there's... Like I said, there's no impact anymore. All the impact was in the previous episode mm-hmm. where we burned down a city. And this is just like, yeah, okay, you made your point. Yeah. Let's move on. I think the biggest problem I have with this season still is always going to be the Daenerys storyline. I'm a hashtag Daenerys did nothing wrong type person. Like I found that interesting was that, you know, for having this big turn, once you actually had that moment where when John confronts her and she gives her side of things, she didn't feel like a villain anymore. No, I mean, I, and that was exactly, that was very validating because I literally wrote like 1,300 words basically breaking down, like this is what is going on in Daenerys' head. And she yeah. says it almost word for word. It's like, yeah, I was playing against this lady who took human hostages mm-hmm. and knew that if I surrendered, she was going to screw me somehow. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to be screwed. I, like, I, I'm going to do this one thing for the larger good purpose. And they had a chance to kind of get out there. I mean, I think it's interesting because we're 
we dancing around just like what kind of kind of almost dark political implications yeah. this whole has. Mm-hmm. I, but did that whole conversation the, not come off as Danny trying to manipulate John once more? No, I no. think I think uh, she I, is a she was a true believer. Yeah, in that's what they say in the episode. Cause. I think it's what they say in the episode. Right. What Tyrion says to him right before that is she believes this stuff because you know she was and and he kind of makes us the audience complicit because he says we've been cheering her on when she's been burning people mm-hmm. alive this <laughs> whole time just because it was easy to do so because we could say oh those were bad people like yeah. she burned it's and very it's like, but, now she just burns some people she thinks are mm-hmm. bad or just not like on the mission for the greater good and like you know what happens when she feels like that again and like that's the whole kind of motivation which I still think is a kind of weak motivation on John's part because in my view, like no matter what you say, like I didn't think Daenerys was crazy or just a clear cut villain. They just straight up murdered her. That's kind of how I felt about it. Cause after hearing her side of things, I I was, I was like, I feel like a couple of conversations could have taken place, you know, (laughs) maybe to reach some understanding rather than just like knife her in the chest. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, before the battle of King's landing, she she, you know, they were like, hey, if they ring the bells, let's not burn the city down. And she was like, yeah, whatever. And then she just burned the cities down <laughs> anyway. I think they were kind of done giving her the benefit of the doubt after that. Well, then especially Which I can see their point, especially with that whole speech that she, you know, that she gave at the the top of the episode where she would, mm-hmm. it, and Tyrion even said it like she's got, she's not stopping. Yeah. Here. I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. she's Dario going to keep Harris. Dario Naharis, like. Seasons ago, before he left her, was like, you are a conqueror. This is what you're going to do. She was not interested in so much. I mean, in her head, I think she thought she was breaking the wheel, but she was just building a different wheel is all it was. She was not yeah. going to mm-hmm. free people of their yoke. She was going to put them under a different one. I mean, the last time I was on the podcast, I compared Game of Thrones to Watchmen. I think this episode like absolutely follows through on that. People are going to be unpacking same way they unpack Watchmen as something of the politics of the eighties. They will be unpacking this as something of the politics of our time. Yeah. It's got the same, you know, the dragon attack is basically the giant squid from Watchmen as stand in for, you know, a, a nuke going off. And there's practically even the moment between, you know, in Watchmen, you have Ozymandias asking, uh, Dr. Manhattan, if he did the right thing. And John does the exact same thing with Tyrion. Like, this feels wrong, he says. And that's almost like him saying, you know, this isn't how an epic fantasy is supposed to end, right? Somebody's supposed to be the big damn hero at the end, and that does not happen. And he's acknowledging, like, this did not go how any of us thought this was going to go. Yeah. And I think, for me, I think that is kind of the one thing that holds this all together, is the idea of how these stories, and they kind of lightly emphasize it at the end. I mean, I wish it was a little bit more pronounced, but that how these stories and legends are written doesn't mean, like, jack crap compared to the reality of, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how this all gotten figured out. And I think that's an interesting point to be made, both about kind of just how history is written and general, but also in setting up this idea of this prequel series, which I'm now more and more excited Mm -hmm. about. Because I hope, like I keep saying, it's set, like, near the age of, at the end of the Age of Heroes, when, like, the Long Night is about Mm -hmm. to start, which is kind of, like, when we get, like, Bran, arguably, we don't know for sure, but, like, Bran Bran the Builder, builder, Mm -hmm. and then, like, first, when the Night King first comes into, you know, play, and then has to retreat and all that, and, but all this darkness that falls, and I, I hope we get in there and we learn that just, like, 
everything that framed Game of Thrones that we thought we knew was just like totally wrong. That would be perfect. Yeah. Not even if it's necessarily wrong, just that like what deconstructions like Game of Thrones do is they put all that stuff that gets like cut out of the fantastical versions, they put that front and center. Like Lord of the Rings, they have like, you know, the battle at Helm's Deep and stuff, but as epic as that is both in the books and in the movies, it's relatively bloodless. What we got at King's Landing is something more akin to what like a quote unquote realistic version of a dragon burning a city would be like. And that's what they do. And I think that's part of the kind of uh, almost the meta narrative of it is like the people in Westeros have their own legends about brand, the building builder and Aegon and all this stuff. And they are just as uh heroic sounding to the people in that world. But the reality is probably much more like what they all just lived through with the war of the five Kings. Yeah. And so I, yeah, you're right. It would be perfect for the prequel to really like show I learned, that. I love to learn that like brand, the builder actually was just like slaughtered people and just like <laughs> did. It was basically like Ramsey's bolt. <laughs> Ramsey bolt <and> like <laughs> we find, bite. we're not going to like how they figured out how to build the wall. We find out he feeds people down to pigs or something. Just yeah, something weird. Just, like, frozen corpses <laughs> built the wall or like the buttresses of the wall. Like, yeah, I don't know. But that, I mean, yeah, that would be kind of exciting. Um, but yeah, all in all, there are some things that I'm just kind of like, I'm also just, I mean, I'm on the camp of people who think some things didn't get closed up. Like, sure. I mean, Arya's prophecy, Cersei's prophecy. A lot of these prophecies, well, like, kind of got. Well, there's always been the question the of whether prophecy is worth anything. Exactly. Well, also, you got to say that with Arya, at least with the Arya prophecy, I can let that go because she's not done yet. So that's not to say that later on in her life, she doesn't go kill some green eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She's still got some time left. It, it, but it does bother me. Like, the Cersei prophecy is something that, that kind of annoyed me because her life's over. So, you know, who's the brother that killed her sort of thing? Yeah. Even though that's in the books, right? Not the show. Yeah, that's a huge yeah. part of the books. Yeah. That was, like, a huge theory we had kind of going into this. And, like, it's something that I just feel like wasn't tied up. And I think there was a little bit of Lannister character kind of not tied up. But that's something we'll talk about. We're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to continue breaking down the Game of Thrones finale and the larger arc of season eight. So stay tuned for that. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, so did you guys know that Lannister's Stay pretty, even when crushed by an entire building. <laughs> oh, I, they didn't look like they'd soiled themselves at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think if there's one thing I'm disappointed at, like just getting away from the finale episode and just looking at the larger sense of season eight, I think the Lannister kind of story ending was kind of weak for me, especially mm -hmm. for like Cersei and Jamie. I think Cersei actually had a good 
climactic thing, but I think it was like a Martha moment in mm-hmm. Batman Superman. Like I think in the bells, I wrote like extensively about this, how the real war that nobody seemed to get in the bells was like when the bells are ringing, everybody's like, Oh, Danny's going crazy. And it's like, no, Danny, if you watch the scene again, it's an intercut scene between her and Cersei kind of looking at each other, waiting to see like what the other person or Danny's trying to make a decision. And Cersei's waiting to see what she's going to do. And that's it for Cersei is at, when she starts burning, she's like, you know, F I, you know, F it. I lost. Like I've really lost this time because she was thinking Danny might back down. Called her bluff. Mercy and called her bluff. Yeah. And Danny's just like, I'm not bluffing. And like, here's my proof. So, and I get why that works for Cersei because this time it's literally like, it's kind of a nice callback to when she blew up uh, the Sept of Baylor mm-hmm. with all that fire and burned all those people. And now like that fire's coming for her and right. all that stuff. But like, yeah, it just felt uh, like it just didn't hit with the impact of yeah. her. That moment didn't hit, and then like her and Jamie just in the. I will thing. say, like, I don't know if there's enough. I don't know what the game is. You could spit to a girl to be like, no, 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 chill, just wait. <laughs> you see all that stuff falling. It's all good. Like I don't think that game exists. But anyway, but I thought that was just kind of like overly dramatic and kind of weak. Well, I definitely hated Jamie's character arc initially. Like it really bothered me the whole like him growing so much as a character just to run back to Cersei yeah. at the end. But I will say that now seeing everything in its totality, that so much of the series seems to be predicated on the idea that history repeats itself. You know, so we see we see John going back to the Night Watch and we see Sansa kind of taking the Ned Stark thing, you know, in the north and north gaining their independence again and and uh Jamie going back to Cersei and everything. So I, I I'm a little more okay with it than I was last week when I initially saw it. Yeah, but it's, Cersei, I mean, she actually becomes kind of part Ned Stark, but also kind of part Cersei. Like, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah, mm-hmm. she's kind of like the amalgamation of all the people who had influences on her, like her mom, Littlefinger, Cersei. Right, mostly like from that. Cersei. I just think she took the really cool other outfits. <laughs> <laughs> There's just yeah. one very popular tailor in, in King's Landing, and that's it. But they're really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very talented with their little spikes. Who do you think will win the War of Hotness between uh, Gendry and Robin Aaron? Oh, the, uh... <laughs> oh man, I gotta say, I, it took me a second to recognize Robin. Right? I was like, not that. me. I, I I remember. He switched like over a to Giants Milk, right? Drinker whenever <laughs> I see them, like Tormund, him, like. <laughs> That would be a great scene. For I would him. love Man, to see you imagine Tormund how much Robin, Robin and Tormund would have to talk about? <laughs> yeah. That would be so great. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Like, but you didn't grow any bigger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. What about Edmer Tully making his... That was Edmer, right? Yeah, that was yeah. Edmer Tully. Like, it took me a minute. I was like... Because that guy plays... In, I mean, he's been an actor in so many... Like, he's such a prolific character actor. I was like, oh, it's the it's the big werewolf dude from uh, Underworld. That's <laughs> yeah. like the last thing I saw him. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that's Edmir Tully. Yeah, and people were loving that whole thing where Sansa was just like, sit down, try, mm-hmm. try to mansplain Westeros to us. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, think I, I think I was mentioning it, too, beforehand. One of the issues that I did have with Bran being picked to be king was Tyrion was just like, it's all about story. And who's got a better story than Bran? And he says that right in front of Arya and Sansa and, and Samwell. I mean, Samwell killed a White Walker and cured great scale. So no big deal. But Yeah, I knew. I, like, I knew. What? I thought that too for a moment. I knew what he meant. It wasn't like an actual genuine story. It was like, what's a story, a PR story we can sell yeah. to people? And it's like, yeah, people love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cripple Boy and that's, becomes king. And that's one of the interesting things, like, a series finale for a TV show does is it recontextualizes the whole series about what it's about. So now Game of Thrones went from being 
this thing about the Lannisters and the Targaryens, and now it's essentially the story of how Bran becomes king, which is weird since he's gone for an entire season, but still, that that's now kind of what it's about looking back. Yeah, and they just got to work on their titles, because if that's the end of your story, and it's like, you call it a song of ice and fire, like... <laughs> Obviously, you you can't let go of the John Danny storyline too, yeah. because that's clearly what that's about. Right? Yeah, I, I still feel like Brand's uh, ascension is is kind of an afterthought, you know, of the mm. whole thing. So it's well, still if it about makes John. Makes you feel Danny. better. He's not cool enough to actually get an Iron Throne. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he just, I w- he I wish they would build that into his wheelchair. Yeah, I think that would be great. Swords. Just wheeling him around with a bunch of swords on there. Oh man, I mean. So who had the biggest come up? I mean, for me, it was probably Podrick Payne and Braun were probably the two who had sure. the best, who, who were like the best served by this series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think out of all this, Podrick leaves with the best legend. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a squire who becomes a knight. And well, consider from where we started. That uh, hookers pay him for sex. I think uh, Samwell ha- came pretty far. I mean, he was originally just going to be a virgin in the Night Watch, and so <laughs> probably die early. Yeah, so he's doing way better now. Yeah, I who would have thought that guy was going to last to the end? Graham might, but that's like one of the best speeches in like uh, the Long Night episode where somebody's like kind of throwing shade at him, like, "Dude, you're not. You shouldn't be out here. You should go to the crypt." <laughs> and he's just like, "Hold up!" He's like, <laughs> "You want to hear all everything? I survived. Boom! I ran down this. I ran down that, and the other." But like, yeah, who knew Samwell was gonna was gonna last, man? Poor Varys. Ah, uh, yeah. Like, wow. Like, there are just a lot of people who died this season. That if there was like just twenty four hours mm-hmm. or just even a minute or five minutes, like you would have been a okay. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like Sir Jorah, like uh, Theon. Man, Arya, if you had just jumped out of the shadows like two minutes earlier, we might have all been okay. Um, oh man, I just. Lost my train of thought about who I was thinking of from this episode. Oh, man. Move on. I just lost my train of thought. That's okay. It happens to me all the time. I just want to say, we were talking about this earlier. Do you think this season would have ended up better if they had just let Jon kill the Night King and had, like, Arya pop up and kill Cersei instead of Jon? Because one of my big problems with the season is... Danny? Danny. Sorry, Danny. uh, Was just that, like, they foreshadowed so much stuff for Jon... And then he didn't really do anything. Like, the whole deal with him being a Targaryen amounted to nothing of relevance, really, other than just making him feel vaguely paranoid enough to kill Danny at the end. And I, I get that they were trying to do what's unexpected, but at some point, yeah. you know, when you foreshadow that hard, it's not doing what's unexpected, it's not following through. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that, but at the same time, I was trying to, like, remind myself because it has been so long since I've encountered, like, the books, mm-hmm. that, like, there are 14 million, like, fake-outs for one <laughs> reality in all of these books. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, fake Targaryens left and right in the books, like, that just get burned alive. And it's like, yeah, all of this red herring, like, you think this stuff is important. And I think that's what people have forgotten because it became the TV show as opposed mm-hmm. to the adaptation of these books. Is that, like, yeah, in A Song of Ice and Fire... You spend so much time on things you think are important and literally they just disappear like that. I mean, the Rob Stark stuff in like A Storm of Swords is a huge part of that book. And you're like all into this. And who is he going to marry in that big decision? And like 
he makes a choice and you're like, oh man, this is going to get so politically complicated. Not really, because everybody gets their throats cut at this wedding. Mm. And you're like, oh. To be fair, that was the result of his choice on who to marry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but it's just like the book pumps so much attention into like characters and stuff. And like I was just trying to remember like all the characters who are still floating around like in the books. Like there's the Quentin guy, there's like. Uh, yeah. Quinn's the one that got burned a lot. Oh, that's right. Right there's yeah, a he was young the Griff Targaryen you spent a whole book with that didn't amount to anything because when he went to go see a dragon, he just was no, like, no, no. Qu- Quentin's the Prince of Dorne. You're okay. thinking of young Griff. Yeah, Griff, who's like supposedly the real Aegon in disguise, but might actually just be some kid from Essos that they made up and made think is a fake Targaryen because yes, Varys exactly. is crazy and evil. Like Lady yeah. Stoneheart still running around. Like there's yeah. a bunch of stuff going on in the books that are just. Like we now know, but even are going nowhere. Like, and so I wasn't like too surprised about that being in the show because, like, yeah, like you said, all the stuff about the prince who was promised and all these prophecies and stuff. I mean, it just turns out to be BS. Kind but of. on the subject of the red wedding, though, and talking about how you think it's going to be such a big deal with Rob choosing his his bride and all of these things. I mean, I think that's why the Red Wedding was so effective was because you spent so much time thinking that Rob Stark's going to be this big, great leader, and then it gets the rug just completely pulled out from underneath him. And so I, I think that that same thing could have worked here, but I think a big issue with this last season particularly is the plotting and that we didn't have enough time to really let those episodes breathe and to get, you know, to give them more emphasis. So that whole turn, you know, was more important than it ended up feeling. Yeah. I mean, if it were up to me, I think I said to my wife after seeing the finale episode last night, it was, I would have just made season eight being about all dealing with the night King, Mm -hmm. like doing that and having that be like a finale. Even if you shortened it to just like, for five episodes, just dealing with all of that mm-hmm. and like all of the deeper things that are running through the characters going into that, all these beefs that are starting to build, all these kind of things with Danny that are starting to build, then have that just be like the penultimate episode of the season, then do one more that basically shows you all the big betrayals that are coming with the battle with Cersei, and then just have getting to King's Landing, launching this siege. And dealing with the aftermath of it be the entire final season. Like, mm-hmm. I think that would have made a lot more sense. Heck, you, you could have had a whole season of Danny ruling Westeros <laughs> exactly. dealing with that. Just like I said, I would have stretched it out. I would have had like the ending of season eight just be, okay, we surprise beat the Night King. Now we still got to deal with each other and do that. And then like mm-hmm. the first part of the last season just being them just traveling and organizing and getting down to King's Landing and how things are starting to come apart along the way as they're all kind of... Is that... It's like we're outside the wall. But do you think that's a mix of either them not necessarily having the books or not necessarily wanting to expand in a direction that took them in a different path I so much I think they didn't the want to invest any more time in it. Yeah. Like, I think they wanted to... Ra- I think... And I don't think it's just them... I mean, Weiss, and we're saying them, but like Weiss and Benoif, or Benoif, or whatever you pronounce his name. Benioff? Benioff. Something like that? Yeah. I think it's Guy who wrote 25th Hour. Um, <laughs> that's how I remember. And Troy. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, basically, like, yeah. I think it, it's not just them. They get a lot of heat for this, but I think it, it was the cast, too. Yeah. I think there was a ton of people in the cast who were like, can we just wrap this up? I'm tired of dyeing my hair red or white or doing this, Shaving it other. all off. Yeah, and like, let's just get done with this and like, move on. Um, and I think when we look back, I think that's going to be the interesting thing that people have started to already do is going back, looking into getting into this season and examining exactly 
like how the cast was out there and kind of reacting at the same time, like kind of rolling their eyes about this whole thing. And just <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it definitely felt like, I mean, H- the pe- executives at HBO have said like, we want to keep this show going forever. They seemed willing to back up any size truck of money yeah. to keep these people on board and keep this thing going. So it, it does feel like it ultimately comes to, to wise and Benioff, which it, it's, I get it. They want to move on. They got star Wars money to make and stuff, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That, at this point, though, I don't know that Star Wars money is that much bigger than Game of Thrones money. I mean, they were making some serious changes, especially if HBO was willing to just essentially write a blank check well, for them. it's a merchandising machine. Like, I think yeah. it's probably a mixture. I think that a big part of it is probably that they were now working from an outline rather than having the actual source material, which has got to be... I, I can't even imagine how daunting that is yeah. to just have notes. Oh, I have, like, <laughs> why, also, I have a whole funny skit. But, yeah, like, but there's, there's a number of uh, times and examples where the show has gone... Like Night King's perfect example, right? Gone and done its, done its own thing. Why... Like, what... Would have, and this is me coming in as new fan, not necessarily, you know, mm. realizing it all. But like, why wouldn't they just con- like continue to do that? Like, because would it have been? Would it have been that bad? That or that I, wrong? I, we don't, or? I mean, we basically they probably did. Like, I'm I make a joke. Like, I want to write a skit about them trying to go to George R R Martin, being like, George, can you just tell us how this last season ends? And he's like. <laughs> Here's 60 pages about the feasts that are served before and after the Battle of Winterfell. And they're like, uh, dude, just please, like, tell us, like, why does she burn King's Landing? And he's like, here's an appendix about all the streets of King's Landing that are fired, and 60 characters will see who die. Like, and you're like, okay, man, like, whatever, like, just give us the bullet points. And it's just like, I I don't know, like, I think they just loosely went with the loose ending I think the books are going to I mean the and, books have to be something and who knows there's so much there as we discussed there is so much on the table like the fact that there's already going to be another Targaryen and it's mm. not just this big reveal about Jon is an entire major thread in the books and like how is this dude going to factor in and like what what's yeah. that going to do to the politics of like getting to Westeros and Danny's claim and how that affects her, like yeah, all in the of books, that's he's already on Westeros too. Yeah, like he landed. So there's like, and that I think that's part of the tension that was missing in the last season was it came down to essentially first them versus the Night King and then them versus Cersei. It was just like pick a team and root for them. All the intrigue was gone because you need at least three factions to really have intrigue and alliances. Otherwise, you're just you know clashing swords. And so I think. Yeah, it'll be. I hope Martin eventually finishes the books because I'd really like to see how this plays out with essentially three potential Targaryen heirs to the throne. Yeah, three dragons, three Targaryens. Mm-hmm. Like, let's see what happens with that. So, um, gonna, and no Night King, <laughs> no yeah. Night King, no gonna, Borg, Borg Queen. That's essentially what it was. Yeah, I'm gonna pull pull a pin on a grenade and just lob this one oh, right gosh. right out there to you. Um, We're just seconds left. This 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 season of Game of Thrones, as someone who's just coming into it, felt exciting for me. Like it's just like it, the idea of event and appointment television and, and all of that um, was a lot of fun, and I am concerned that that doesn't necessarily exist anymore. And I, I we mentioned it in the office earlier. Like, has the binge model almost ruined event television in the sense that like? The, the sort of weekly ongoing, like if Game of Thrones came out, season one started even last year, and it was the binge model, would it have become the beast that it is today? It may be. I think 
what I've been thinking about is it's becoming a pretty stunning pattern right now that I don't think it's so much the binge model that's thing. I think it's fandom mm-hmm. and what that means. I think the chat threads, which is, you know, not to knock against our own interests, but like the, the continuous chat and discussions and theory threads and all that mm-hmm. stuff, I think that's the becoming the problem because if you just notice the similarities, just like Marvel movies, DC movies, Star Wars movies, Game of Thrones, anything that's big and has this huge fandom where people are just spending a lot of time discussing theories, whenever we get like the thing itself, people are having more and more trouble like letting go of their own projected notions of what this thing should be and actually dealing with the thing that they get. Yeah. So like and you can see, like, all these petitions, right? Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Like, Last Jedi, somebody's still petitioning. And even the Snyder Cut, while I do side with the Snyder Cut thing, I do also recognize it is in the same vein of, of all these other ones. It's, wah, I didn't get the thing I wanted. I, can, I still think there's a way to, like, alternate universe my way into getting what I wanted. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Like, gimme the Snyder Cut. Gimme the new Last Jedi remake I want. Gimme the Season 8 of Game of Thrones remake I want. And... Right now, somehow we are entertaining these as not completely crazy, vapid notions, and we're getting a million people to sign on to them. And I think that's the problem. Like, mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, like these are somebody's stories. We're in. If you're in for the ride, you're kind of in for the ride. Like, they may mess up the landing, and it's going to be debated for the rest of God knows how much time. Did. Game of Thrones drop one of the biggest balls in TV, or will we all feel differently when we get to step back and rewatch the whole series again without all our expectations? Will we get to season eight and be like, oh, you know, you know, it wasn't, you know, revolutionary, but it was good. It was fine. I'm good with it. Like, will we all feel a little bit different? Mm-hmm. Like when we get a chance to go back and we'll rewatch it all through, especially I think season six, seven, and eight. Yeah, I, I read a, an interview with the actor who plays Bran, Isaac uh, I can't remember. Hempstead. Yeah, yeah. But he, he said something that I think summed it up pretty well for me, where he's like, it, it's great if you love it, but it, the show doesn't belong to you. Mm-hmm. You know, talking to all those people who signed, you know, those petitions. And that's very true. It, yeah. Like you said, it's very vapid to think that, like, oh, it didn't go the way I wanted it to. So I'm going to sign this petition for people to remake it in the way that I want it. You still won't be happy. At yeah. that point, it's still not going to turn out the way you want it to turn out. Exactly. So, and I think I mean, like, this doing? is like the one yeah. key thing we had to accept, not to make myself old, but like in the <laughs> past before kind of digital media mm-hmm. and, sh- and social media and stuff is like, if you were just a person complaining that it didn't go and you had this better move in your head, it's usually like you and your front lot of your neighborhood right. with like your two friends, <laughs> like, right? Yeah. You only had you and the pe- your family and the people in the office to complain. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, and now like, Reddit, Reddit and out of all like, those people, there was more likely to be somebody to be like, man, you know, challenge your opinion. Like mm-hmm. these, and that was the fun. Like you had friends that you debated. I remember sitting out in my high school, being a senior, not caring about school, but episode one came out and we were all just sitting out there debating like, was pod racing cool? Like all this, and for everything I said, there was a friend, and a friend, I mean, who had a theory to challenge mine, and we could do that for hours. I feel like even then, like even internet discourse, even just five years ago, is completely different than what it is now. Mm-hmm. Well, now there's so many big franchises, like Reddit doesn't exist just for discussion. Right. You know, websites like that, they practically pre write a script mm-hmm. of what they think needs to happen in order for the thing to be good. And if it doesn't go by that prescribed script, that yeah, and bad. I think that's the key here is like mm-hmm. the entitlement. People are literally because they think they spend so much time like working out these theories and doing research, 
Like, yeah, that that's fine to do as long as you understand that it's just for fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you are just mm-hmm. engaging your imagination. That's it. Like like guys like Bran Stark said, and why he's a wise king. It doesn't belong to you. This is somebody else's creation, their story that they're pumping a lot of work in. Mm-hmm. And this whole, I mean, the whole let's just remake it thing is just crazy in and of itself. It speaks to the ignorance of what a production like this takes. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to understand. And how hard it is to get it even remotely right to yeah. do mm-hmm. something like that. Like, yeah. You just have to understand, though, also the kind of people that this is coming from. Like, I've watched so many videos on YouTube that I hated or was bored by i've never stopped to make a negative comment you know i'm not that kind of person that would just stop what i'm doing and just let people know how much i hate this and i think there's a lot of that mentality in those petitions that's like i need my voice to be heard i need people to know how unhappy i am with this and i'm like well just don't watch it anymore if you don't like it go watch something else or just go to a chat thread and with other people find a reddit thread of i game of thrones season eight sucked and just Go nuts, but just don't think somebody's going to remake it for yeah, you. Right. Yeah. Like just, just let's all understand where the border is. If yeah. Game of Thrones sucks, and we get to, or if Game of Thrones is great until the ending, and it sucks, that's just what it is. It's a TV show that was great, had a crappy ending, and that's how we all just got to refer to it and deal with it. We can't go back in time and magically like make it the fully complete experience you want. I mean, I don't even understand what the end game of that would be. Yeah, well, you could just go back and pull a Kofi and just watch the whole series except for the finale again. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll feel a lot better or not even, or maybe just watch up until Arya Stark drops that dagger and cuts the Night's King and then just be like, that was and it. then it all ended well. That's I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> it's even beyond this. I mean, this is it's getting slightly off topic, but look at the response to the the supposedly Robert Pattinson getting cast as Batman. Nobody has seen him do yeah, anything I mean, that's, as Batman. Right. And they're I wasn't trying to go down this hole I mean, because we got to wrap up this bonus episode, but like, thing. that's just another thing. Yeah. I mean, that's where we're going. Mm. Like things are just announced. We don't see anything yeah. And we're already into a petition to change. Uh, we've it's, we've always been that way, though. I mean, I remember, I'm old enough, I don't want to date myself, but I remember when people were all fired up about Michael Keaton. They yes. were like, Mr. Uh-huh. Mom can't be Batman. But uh-huh. we were fired up about it, and that's okay. I'm not telling people not to have, there's one thing marriage has taught me, I'm not telling people not to have <laughs> emotions. Yeah. I'm just saying you have to process those emotions in, in a reasonably sane way. Yeah. You can't go outside and try to kidnap Michael Keaton and hold him in a basement <laughs> until Batman begins production oh, man. just to keep like this thing from happening. That's a, that's a movie script that we all need to sit down and yeah, write. Yeah, exactly. A famous oh, celebrity gets cast as a superhero, and so a fan kidnaps him exactly. to keep it from happening. And that's like, but I feel like this isn't even, we're going off the movie page and soon <laughs> to be real life. Like, somebody get extra security around Robert Pattinson because, like, this is what it is. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. like, yeah. So that's where we'll end, like... Please go on. Okay, let's just wrap this up. That'll wrap up our Game of Thrones discussion. If you have feelings about the finale, we'd love to discuss them with you and hear what you think because we're going to be writing all kinds of reaction pieces and what you think actually does matter to what we do. So come on the hashtag Comic Book Nation and let us know what you think. Opening the floodgates. If you want to, <laughs> if you like this episode and you want to subscribe and listen regularly, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com. You can subscribe to an RSS feed there or subscribe on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Playlists, Google Podcast, or you can say to any Alexa device, play Comic Book Nation podcast and it will do so for you. You can also find me at Kofi Outlaw, at Chris Killian, at Jamie Lovett, at Jim Viscardi. 
And if you have any positive reviews for the show to leave, we read them. And if we read them on air, we send you some comic book swag. So be sure to do that. All right. End of an era. That was it. Game of Thrones. The story of uh, inappropriate sexual relations and harsh violence (laughs) that ends with a dud somehow. All right. Comic Book Nation, we're out.